granted, not everyone who was protesting, and there was a lot of protesting yesterday, was uh, chanting "No border, no nation." F deportation. That was on the uh, you know the 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 edge of uh, that sort of thing. But there was a lot of sentiment that direction. Sure. Well, and basically, if you're arguing for not enforcing the law, I guess that's what you're saying anyway. Well, perhaps we should change the law, which leads us to uh, Andrew Art Arthur, resident fellow in law and policy for the Center for Immigration Studies, Washington, D.C.-based research institute that examines the impact of immigration on American society. Art, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, and thank you for having me today. Oh, it's our pleasure. Listen, it's been my contention uh, throughout the morning, as we've talked about this, that this is wildly overhyped. I'm, you know, I won't go into detail. Um, the president's uh, move to announce the end of DACA in six months until Congress get off your butts and do something about it. You at the Center for Immigration Study, you're known as, as fairly hardline on immigration matters. What's your point of view on the, the people affected by DACA, the people brought to this country as kids? Well, you know, I bring to uh, this particular discussion uh Two of my previous positions, I was uh, an immigration judge for about eight years, and I uh, actually had jurisdiction over one of the few facilities uh, before the big surge in 2014 that held children. But I also bring to it my perspective as uh, former legislative counsel for immigration over at the House Judiciary Committee. When it comes to deciding who uh, gets to you know, remain in the United States and who should leave, that's a determination that's left up to Congress. And quite frankly... All that the president has done in this particular instance is what Barack Obama had claimed he was doing uh, when he introduced DACA to begin with, and that was to leave it up to Congress to make a decision about what should be done uh, with individuals who had been brought here as minors. Now, keep in mind, you know these people now range in age between 15 and 36, so most of them are adults at this point. But uh, it really is up to Congress to make that decision. It's also up to Congress to mitigate the negative consequences that will flow from this particular amnesty if they're allowed to stay. Well, well since you were involved in Congress, why haven't? Why didn't the Democrats deal with it when they could have? Why haven't the Republicans dealt with it when they can? Well, you know, it's funny because uh, this was uh, this program was implemented in June of 2012, and that was. After uh, Congress had, after the Democratic Congress, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, had failed to uh, pass the Dream Act, it had actually been introduced in the lame duck session in 2010, in November 2010, after the the disastrous midterm elections for the uh, Democrats, um, and it passed the House, but it failed to survive a filibuster in the Senate, even though the Democrats did have the numbers. Uh, Nobody and- pointed that out yesterday, by the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's very important to understand that this isn't some mean policy that Donald Trump has decided to introduce. And you're 100% correct. This is, you know, amazingly overhyped because the president has really just attempted to restore the rule of law and to put the decision what to be done with these people, where it belongs, and that is under the Constitution with Congress. I heard Mark Krikorian, the executive director for the Center of for Immigration Studies, um, say that, look, these people who were brought here as kids, uh, no volition of their own, and they're, nobody is in favor of shipping them all out. He said they're a special subcategory of illegal immigrants, and there's very little taste for you know mass deportations. I mean, which was, was striking, 
And and I'm looking for because the the hype, the the shouting, the howling about these people being at risk. They're going to be shipped out. There are children. Blah, blah. Who is calling for that? Nobody is. And quite frankly, you know, one thing that you, I know that you understand is ICE doesn't even have the resources to do that if they wanted to do it. They prioritize who they remove. Now they'll remove anybody who is removable that they come across, but they're only looking for individuals who are priorities. And quite frankly. Uh, most of these people just aren't priorities for them. So, you know, that's a lot of a lot of shouting and that's a lot of rhetoric, but it's really not true to uh, the, the situation on the ground, either in Washington or throughout the United States. And listen, I want to point out to my friends on the left, you are so clearly being demagogued on this stuff. Nobody is calling for the great uh, boogeyman, the great bugaboo that you're being whipped up to fear. Nobody wants it. And, and Lord knows this sort of thing happens on the right all the time, too. But man, this poo storm is just so silly. So listen, let's talk uh, with uh, Art Arthur, who's with the uh, Center for Immigration Studies. I always get the uh, the four wrong. I always want to say like of or at or something like that. So anyway, <laughs> so we'll just call you the CIS to save me the stress. Um, let's talk about the downstream issues that you're concerned about. If we just say, all right, look, if you're dragged in here as a kid, no problem, you get to stay. Yeah, I mean, there's significant negative consequences that would flow from an amnesty of these individuals. Uh, the first of which is you're just going to encourage more people to enter the United States illegally. And as proof, uh, we see the surge that occurred after uh, DACA went into effect. In FY 2011, there were about 16,000, I think it was 16,067 unaccompanied alien minors uh, who were apprehended by uh, Border Patrol. By FY 2014, after this went into place, after this promise of permisos, permission to remain in the United States, went into effect, 68,000-plus uh, uh, aliens, unaccompanied alien minors, uh, were apprehended by Border Patrol. So this plainly had a drawing effect. And quite frankly, legalizing this uh, cohort of people is going to have a drawing effect, too. So you need to put into place in order to mitigate uh, those consequences, some you know, common sense uh, responses. The first of which is making E-Verify mandatory. One of the big mistakes that they made in the 1986 uh, Immigration Reform and Control Act was that they put in place an employer sanctions program, but they largely made it voluntary on the part of the employers who filled out paper. Voluntary. Uh, Good idea. I, as an employer, am going to volunteer to uh, fill out a bunch of paperwork and put some of my employees that I'm uh, not paying that much at risk of uh, not working here anymore. Sure, I can't wait. Absolutely. And, you know, to say that it's voluntary is probably too cute on my part. But the fact is, you didn't have to send in that paperwork. You only had to present the paperwork if, I, if uh, INS at the time came and asked you for it. But the fact is, the odds that INS were going to come and ask you for it was not terribly high. And so it was very easy for employers to evade it. And the other thing is that employers uh, were required to accept any facially valid document. And quite frankly, that means that you could have 20 people come in with the same Social Security card. And you're like, well, uh, uh, I guess that's a facially valid and, and document. I, and I'm guessing it's the Republican Party and the Wall Street Journal crowd that's fighting that becoming uh, uh, mandatory. 
Well, you know, we've seen the Republican Party uh, in the intervening 31 years, you know, become the party of law and order. And quite frankly, we need to restore law and order to our immigration system. Plainly, there are business interests that are, you know, in favor of uh, a more permissive or lenient system. But I think, that you know, the big takeaway from uh the most recent election is the fact that the American people are fed up with lawlessness uh, as it relates to our immigration system, and they want order. We're, look, we're a generous and kind-hearted people. We accept more uh, aliens for permanent uh, resettlement than any other country on the face of the earth. We accept more refugees for permanent resettlement than any other country on the face of the earth. But we don't like to be suckers, and we expect the laws to be enforced. And quite frankly, E-Verify would be a way uh, to enforce the laws to ensure that every person who's employed in the United States is here. Legally. And then you wouldn't need a wall, would you? You, the the odds are that you would well you would still need a wall because there's what you would need a wall in places because uh, people aren't the only thing that transit that border. I was down at the border uh, three weeks ago, uh, and I stood on the cliffs of Roma, Texas, and I looked across at Ciudad uh, Miguel Alemán, and it's 200 feet across the river right there from a major city to um, you know a small sized town, but one that would be very easy to melt into. So, you know, barriers are needed in places uh, in order to stop contraband drugs and guns and, and other things. But you would largely take away the concern about people entering the United States legally. As a judge, I've heard 22,000 cases, and most of those people had come to the United States to work. If right. they can't work, they're not going to come. We've said that for literally years and years and years. Remove the uh, the magnets and you don't have to worry about it. So just to summarize then with Art Arthur of the Center for Immigration Studies, your hard, your, your unconscionable, your scary plan is for the Congress of the United States of America to write and pass a law dealing with these people and have the president sign it. As the Constitution requires. That is exactly it. That is some shocking stuff, Art. I don't know how you sleep at night. Uh, But thanks very much for the time. It's good to talk to you. Great talking to you guys. Have a good day. Thank you. And to summarize, in case you're tuning in, freaking nobody is calling for those 800,000 formerly young people covered under DACA to be deported. On either side. Unless they're criminals. Nobody. That's interesting. That's not the way it looked on the news yesterday. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, boy, As want- I said, this may be the most overhyped demagogue thing I've ever seen. You want a complete change of gears? Please. Switch, switch, of, turning of pages? Something. Got a Denver nurse suspended for opening a body bag to admire a man's genitals. Oh, distasteful. I would say. He didn't mind. And remember when Tom, and probably not, when Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes got divorced, they had a, uh, a clause in their divorce settlement that is just come to light. It's oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Among other things. The celebrity dirt there. The popularity, mm-hmm. the popularity of gin for breakfast. There's lots of things. Oh, no. And uh, Boston Red Sox busted for cheating. Scandal hitting the world of sports. Using an Apple Watch? That's right. They were reflecting the sunlight into the batter's eyes, blinding them. Interesting. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I've been in the game for 40 years. I've known of it for 40 years. 
sign stealing itself. I've known of um, people that I talked to that played back in the 50s that talked to me about sign stealing. So um, I do think sign stealing has been taking place for a long time. I will acknowledge that. Well, you don't even have to tell me that's some sort of Major League Baseball manager because that's the way they all talk. Yeah, bland okay. and boring away as they possibly can. I thought it was rival hardware stores talking about stealing each other's signs. So the, the, you go to the the true value; it turns out to be an ace. The fact that an Apple Watch is involved in this uh, made it uh, catch people's right. attention. So what happened? If Sean? only they'd used an Apple Watch and then taken an Uber <laughs> to deliver the signs, <laughs> then it'd be the lead story in America. <laughs> what happened, Sean? Uh, well, I I don't know how they exactly used the Apple Watch to. To get the signs, it was... I, it, I actually do. Okay, yes. perfect then. I'll ask Joe. Joe, how'd this so happen? You got the uh, Red Sox video crew. They uh, had a camera on the catcher. They'd figure out the signs for the various pitches and then quick text them via Apple Watch to the coach in the dugout. They'd tell him, Kerbal. And, uh, and, and the coach would go, and, <laughs> and the guy on base would go, and the batter would say, would see the sign for here comes a breaking pitch. It's got to happen very quickly, obviously. But if you just know fastball or breaking pitch as a batter, that's an enormous advantage. Or even as a base runner, it's it's better to steal a base on one of those than the other. Yep. This is a shocking story I've got in front of me. Five nurses at a Denver hospital suspended for three weeks after they inappropriately viewed a deceased patient's body and talked about it, according to a hospital spokesman. That is indelicate. The nurses have been disciplined for admiring the size of the deceased patient's genitals. Oh, boy. And at one point opened the body bag to view parts of the body, according to a hospital spokesman. Which parts? His ankles? Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's distasteful. A different nurse. I don't think you need to suspend people for three weeks, but. Do you need to be suspended at all? That's kind of out of bounds. You can't be doing that. That's How about you just tell them, don't do that? You know what it is? And then they call it good. You know what it is, Jack? It's like uh, the sort of, um, what they call it, nuisance crimes that Rudy Giuliani uh, cracked down on in New York City. You let nurses peek into the body bags to see somebody's big uh, wang or whatever. It's just it's or the, wang or whatever. It's, it's a lack of discipline. It is next, a, you, next, you got orderly saying, yeah, girl just died. She's got really big breasts. You want to see? It's an it's, indicator that you don't need to follow the rules here. Bingo. And then escalating the rules that get broken. It's the old LOD. Lack of discipline. <laughs> a different nurse heard one of the disciplined nurses make a comment in May that the nurse felt was inappropriate and reported to the hospital staff. So she had it in for her anyway. Narc, no. On the narc. other hand, snitches do get stitches, which is handy because uh. you're in a hospital. M- multiple. <laughs> <laughs> you probably stitch yourself up. Mul- I had this coming. Multiple staff members viewed the victim while he was incapacitated, including after he was deceased. Wow. So before he even died, he's oh, just man. unconscious. Everybody's saying, you got a load of the junk on Jim over there? Yeah. Hey, this terribly injured guy, you should see his penis. <laughs> yeah, I think there should probably be some sort of discipline. <laughs> It must have been extraordinary, though, if you're willing to go unzip a body bag and take a gander. And, you know, in the in the dead state, to still make such an impression, uh, something, something was going on there. <laughs> exactly. That's what we're saying. Great. Just super. Uh, after Which I'm is dead, inadvertently reminded me of that story the prison guard emailed us the other day. I mean, I don't want to reset it. All right. After I'm dead, you want to point and laugh or stack things on me or pose me in front of you. Do whatever you want after I'm dead. Tweet I don't it care. out. I don't, I'm gone. Yeah, whatever.
The guy was, uh, well, that's a uh, dear disrespect for the recently parted is shocking to me. The, 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 the prisoner in the story was doing what Mooch alleged Steve mm. Bannon could do, mm. but he barely had to even bend over in this tale, which I remember that story. shocked me and outraged me. Uh, let's see. So, uh, oh, just the one thing about the, uh, the, the Red Sox Yankees thing. And I don't see these stats here. Some I heard it on the radio. It was really interesting. But um, with runners in scoring position, while they were stealing the signs, they were they like scored people a third of the time. And um, before this started, it was like ten percent of the time. So it made a difference. So it was amazingly effective. Yeah, yeah. And the the Red Sox are uh, are leading uh, their division. I think as we head for the playoffs. Is the baseball season on? <laughs> yes, it's September, Jack. Mm. And uh, so I, I wonder if MLB will sanction them seriously. Take away 10 of their wins. Say, how do you like that? No, they won't. So you remember when Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise got divorced and there was talk about she didn't want to be a Scientologist and various things like that. Right, and that she was a beard. Oh, yeah, there's the, always that. There's long been the rumor that he's a gay. God, I was thinking about this course, the other day. Who, who, who's the comedian? Kevin Pollack. <laughs> yes. No, no that Chris has never Rock. been the answer to is Chris that Rock. the comedian. Also an actor, Alex Baldwin. Alex Baldwin. He was the agent in the Show Me the Money movie. Fred Willard. Jay Moore. Jay Moore. Oh. When we had Jay Moore on and I asked him if Tom Cruise was gay and he got so mad at me. <laughs> well, and we... it was uncool. I shouldn't have done that. That was an uncool question. Well, and didn't I, and we I... ask Kevin Pollack? I don't remember that. Yeah, that's why he got so mad at me. Anyway, do we ask everybody? Was that like your go-to question <laughs> yes. back in the day? Oh yeah, yeah. We've we've had uh, presidents on the show. You think Tom Cruise is gay, Mister President? Why? But I was flipping through I the channels. Know. I was flipping through the channels. I came across Jay Moore, and I instantly get like a feeling in my stomach of regret, and I've done something bad because I can mm. still hear him yelling at me, right, for asking if Tom Cruise is gay. But anyway, and he didn't he say he's the straightest guy I've ever known? I don't remember what he said other than yelling at me. But why would you ask a question like that? Because you want to know if Tom Cruise is gay? But, okay, there, you have to back up again then. Why oh. would I give a crap if oh. Tom Cruise is gay or not? It's, it's his business. Because he's marrying all these hot women. I you, gotta, you can't, you can't <laughs> keep you them over yourself. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's sociologically. Now, this might not be good enough justification. But sociologically, in the 21st century, the fact that a movie star would marry a succession of employees masquerading as his wife, that's pretty interesting. Actually, in a standing up for the gays uh, angle on it would be... Is Scientology one of those religions that won't allow you to be gay? Right. And he's denying he's gay, like uh, like John Travolta, to um to be a Scientologist. On the other hand, and I've got like three or four hands at this point in the argument, if Tom Cruise perceives that it's necessary for his career, playing mostly heterosexual characters, to hide his homosexuality, that's none of my business. If he decides that's right for him... Who am I to judge? If his fellow gay men, presuming he is a gay man, are mad at that, I'll let you all argue about that. But anyway, when they got divorced, for whatever reason, um, th- and this just came out, They, he, Katie Holmes got a bunch of money, but to get the money, she had to sign a no-dating-public-for-five-years clause. What? Five years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the no-dating-in-public-for-five-years clause? 
What is that? I don't know. That's bizarre. It's how crazy of a relationship does it have to be for that to be in the the settlement? And you're like, yes, fine, just get me away. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, or for how much money? money? How right, much right. money was it? Please, I mean, well, she's a very successful actress on herself. True. I don't think she would have starved either way. True. Yeah, but you know, you never know when your career is going to go. Uh, you know, and if the rumors about Scientology being able to kind of curb. Your ability to get roles are true too. I could see her wanting to play ball. It's hard to imagine though. Why? Why would you? No dating publicly for five years. Five years. I mean, no, that is weird. That's like uh, Taliban stuff. No dating publicly for a year would be very surprising. Wait a minute. What? We're each going to live our lives. I mean, I'm not going to humiliate you or anything like that. Well, let's be. You know, let's consider each other's feelings. Blah blah blah. But five years is just crazy. Yeah. Hmm. What's Maybe. that? What's the point? I don't know. Ask Jay Moore. I think you're... <laughs> I'm afraid to. I'll ask Fred Willard. Yeah. Interesting. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, the Dems and the GOP facing off playing politics with federal relief aid for Hurricane Harvey victims. It's already started. Yeah. And legendary Chantouche shares off-the-wall sanctuary plan for Dreamers. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. What Republicans and Democrats are going to do with the... Uh, Hurricane relief and debt ceiling thing uh, is is annoying to me. As we we got to do away with the debt ceiling <laughs> completely. What 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 is what surface what purpose does it serve? Well, we'll discuss that at some point. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Did you just walk into the room with a corn dog in your hand there, Sean? What the what? Since you are a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> no, but that's an easy mistake to make. This yeah. is actually a breakfast sausage wrapped in a pancake. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it has the form. Oh, my God, that sounds Excellent. good. But it has the form of a corn dog. That Ow. sounds good. A yes. sausage wrapped in a pancake on a stick. Oh, I it's want delicious. right now. Oh, I want oh. 10 ah. right now. You can't have mine. <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty clear. Is you're eating it like a starving dog. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. I'll tell you, politics playing down and dirty. House Speaker Paul Ryan rejecting a Democratic idea to tie Harvey aid to a three-month increase in the debt limit. Three-month. The Republican. God, the way we operate is just amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, deal with it in November. Yeah, yeah, that's a ticket. Yeah, the Republican telling reporters it was a ridiculous idea and said it's no time to play politics with the debt ceiling as Texas recovers from the devastation of Harvey and Hurricane Irma bears down on Florida. Now, House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi and Senate uh, Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer said today they would back the Harvey aid if it is linked to a three-month debt increase, not the longer-term debt hike that Republicans want. GOP leaders eager to avoid multiple contentious votes on the debt ceiling want to raise that ceiling through late 2018 right. that would and be in effect until after the midterm. So the Democrats want to have more frequent votes, so finally the conservative Republicans will vote against it, there will be a quote-unquote government shutdown, and then the Democrats can tar the Republicans yeah. with it, as opposed to what you and me and Mr. and Mrs. America and Little America Jr. need. And the Republicans want to raise it for a long time yep. without any strings attached of we're going to get our spending under control or anything, right. which is the purpose of the debt ceiling. Right. That's why it was invented. That's why I say you got to do away with it. But they've given up. There's nobody. It doesn't do anything. 
It was a reason. It was originally made. It's just it's 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 made up. It's like if my wife and I made up a a, a rule. We're only going to spend eight hundred dollars a month on 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 stuff, right? And we went over it. So what are we going to do about it? There's no crime here. Nobody goes to jail. We no, just... you raise it to eight fifty, and then nine hundred, then nine seventy five. Well, well, if you did that but at it's home, it's important that we have that spending cap. If you did that at home, if you did that, if you just raised it every time, wouldn't one of you say, "Why don't we just do away with this?" Obviously, we're just going to spend however much we want. I was going to say both of you would need to be psychotic <laughs> to keep doing it like that. Yes, honey, nine seventy five. That's what we should raise it to. Having raised it for the last six months in a row, you'd have to be psychotic. But we keep Welcome it around. Welcome to your government. But we keep it around. It's amazing. If I'm being skeptical skeptical about government, and I think everyone should be. You that can't th- be cynical enough. Th- this seems so blatantly just a, a manufactured construct to give them something fake to fight over and threaten shutdowns over. Meanwhile, all the other real policies never actually, nothing nothing gets done. I don't know, but it, it's amazing. Well, if Congress fails to take action on DACA, President Trump says he will revisit it. Trump wrote on Twitter that phasing out the program allowing the children of illegals to stay in the U.S. gives Congress six months to legalize DACA. He also noted that was something the Obama administration was unable to do. But if Congress doesn't act, he will take another look at it. That was an odd thing to tweet because he had that time for Congress to do your job. DACA! Right. And then which, that, I, which I could support and right. get behind and argue for. Right. Then he comes back with the, or I'll deal with it. W- what does that mean? And then another executive order? What What the hell is that? Is that a threat? Is that a, a promise? Is it? Are you bailing out Congress just after putting the whip to them? I don't right. know. That confused me. Cher is making it known she is ready to provide sanctuary for the young... Go ahead, sorry. For, for young dreamers, and she's willing to let them stay at her home. Who? Cher. 80-year-old Cher? Cher. The Chanteuse. Put some pants on, woman. She, she was a singer back in the 60s. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> she had giant smash hits in the 80s. She must still be She's something. She's still a huge icon. She yes. must be because uh, Kim Kardashian did a photo shoot to look exactly like right. Cher from a really famous picture. And Cher uh, made a big deal out of it over the weekend. But if Kim Kardashian's like paying tribute to Cher in photos... Must mean something to somebody. Yeah, she's calling on all people who can to take dreamers into their homes and protect them. Hey, Cher, darling, newsflash, nobody wants those people deported. They're not going to be deported. Nobody is calling for that. You're getting demagogues. You're getting whipped up. It's the boogeyman. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Deportity, deportity, deportity. Boogity, boogity. It's not happening. At this point, it's unclear where any dreamers who take Cher up on her offer would actually stay. Can I get an age on Cher, please? You got to show up at her. 71? 71. Mm. Yeah, she was young and uh, very attractive back in the day. Um, You got to show up to her her front gate, her locked, electrified front gate right now. I almost wish I were in this country illegally so I could go to Cher's house and say, I'm here. I'm here. I like a nice, firm mattress, by the way, Cher. Yeah, I'm going to pretend I'm an immigrant just to see if I can hang out at her house for a little bit. There you go. Yes, yes, her lovely uh, home in Malibu. She also, though, may have some other homes in Beverly Hills in L.A., so... They could, they, you know, dreamers could be living in all those various homes scattered around Southern California. I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. Another great share classic oh, from the seventies. Half Wow, that's all I ever heard. Forty years old, maybe. Oh, at least. <laughs> what is this? The olden days. That is your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the I, voice of the West. I knew we were going to hear this, and this is twenty-five years old. <laughs>
Maybe 30. This was what, like late 80s, right? 1989. Yeah. Wow. Be- soon it'll be celebrating its 30th anniversary. Oof. Is this, it was a video in which she walked around in, in uh, assless pants, right? That's correct. Uh, well, she literally <laughs> swam after a, a troop ship. <laughs> and she cavorted about a naval vessel wearing nothing but panties. Gotcha. And not even decent panties either that cover the buttocks. There's a new media outlet uh, out there for you that's supposed to uh, verify fake news versus real news to try to help you out. Yeah, right. Maybe I can tell you about that. Whether it's your cup of tea or not. Among other things coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. According to Bloomberg, President Trump's allies are worried about the resignation of his personal bodyguard and aide, Keith Schiller. Because they say Schiller is Trump's emotional anchor. Oh, when is he resigning? 30 years ago? (laughs) Seriously, this has been the emotionally anchored Trump? What's the unhinged Trump going to do? Build a lair? (laughs) A lair. Lair's a funny word. It is. Got me at the end there. You'll never be famous, and that's okay. A message they're trying to get out to college campuses. We'll talk about that later. Interesting. You'll never be famous, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm intrigued by that. I'll stay tuned. What else you got? Story in the post, uh, they found a body floating in the uh, Hudson River with cement. Well, it wasn't floating. Cement um, locks tied to his feet. Mob guy. Literally, cement shoes. They actually do that. Yeah. They actually tied cement blocks to a guy and tossed him in the river. A mob guy that they killed. See you later, Frankie (laughs) Two-Face. Speaking of the infamous, here's the board game. Everybody will be playing this Christmas time. Secret Hitler. A game that simulates fascism's rise. It's becoming a hit. I was. This is uh, from uh, Jonah Bromwich. I was house-sitting for my brother this summer when I saw something suspicious. A box in his living room emblazoned with the words, Secret Hitler. On his return, I confronted him. What in God's name is that? I asked, pointing at the box. It's a board game, he said, rolling his eyes. It's a social deduction game. We we play these in my family. My son, uh, Deco, got us into this. It's um, They mentioned the game Mafia, Werewolf. I don't know those. Uh, there's a game called Bang that's about your, the sheriff and outlaws and I like renegades. to play the game called Bang. All right. I knew. You know what? I knew it. I should have just paused. And it's America's it. oldest game. Got anything, <laughs> anything else you'd like to say? you got to hang with better company. So... Um, <laughs> Between five and ten players are divided into two uneven teams. A larger team of liberals, snurdly, and a smaller team of fascists. They have the note in this article, there are no Antifa in this game. (laughs) One player is chosen as Secret Hitler. (laughs) The fascists, who are aware of their leader's identity, work to install him by fooling the liberals, who are kept in the dark. Um... My only concern is that so many of you will send me a copy of this game. I'll have a closet full of them. So so I'll just go ahead and buy it myself, okay? Thank you for thinking of me. Um, the makers of the game have ro- raised close to a million and a half dollars since announcing it on the Kickstarter last year. 
Briefly became the top-selling item in the toy and game category on Amazon when it launched. Is there a spinner or a dice or anything? Uh, recently uh, sold out its second print run. You know, those games, usually it's just your time to play a card. And you play a card and the other players react and that sort of thing. The learning curve slightly steep on some of these games. But they end up being a lot of fun for uh, you know families, especially extended family. Groups. We play a lot of Uno. That's a good game. It's a classic. Not that steep a learning curve. <laughs> Very guess. shallow. Your kids love to make you draw four. <laughs> oh, yeah. Skip. But, for some reason, that's my kid's favorite. They they skip you. They think they've really dissed you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you got to skip a turn. You're, you're going to sit there and look, watch, Dad. You know what you get to do right now? Nothing. That's what you get to do. Oh, the skip card is it's magical. It's like a Harry Potter spell. Uh, let's see. Uh, secret Hitler. Uh, I guess that's enough of that. But uh, those games are fun. See, that's, that's public Hitler. That's that's uh, that's uh, not funny. Um, but I do encourage the one the nice thing about the, the, the boy being into the geek games is he's introduced us to a lot of them. And it's fun for the whole family. Sure. Yeah. And probably learn something. Uh, speaking of toys or games or whatever, Walmart says the uh, the most demanded toy is going to be the Hatchimal again this year. And they're going to be hard to find come Christmas time. The Hatchimal? Hatchimal. That was Hatchimal? A... Hatchimal, yeah. Oh, I thought it was Hatchimal. Oh, that's Whack-A-Mole. Sorry. You didn't catch Hatchimal last time around? That was yeah, the big... rings a bell. That was a big thing last year. It's a stuffed animal thing that lays like an egg. No, it is it an turns... egg. And then your okay. creature comes, your we... stuffed animal comes out of it. Ah. I, I didn't buy one because they ran out of Merle, and I'm not a search the landscape to try to find the hot toy sort Through of person. Poor children. But um, if only they'd been in, born into a family that loved them. <laughs> they're going to be sleep under the stairs too. They're going to be popular again this year, according to Walmart. Doesn't it sounds like an advertisement? It's on the front page of USA Today. Also, you know, good parenting equals consumerism to me. That is really the way to raise a happy, well adjusted child. I'll tell you what, and I'm sure everybody deals with this. It is tough, uh, societally speaking, to to fight consumerism overwhelming your your kids and yes. your family. Yes. It's tough because and, it just and it's designed intentionally to do that. Oh sure, of course the, it the is. The world of advertising. Of course yeah. it is, but it's just with the exception of the ads on this show, which are carefully crafted to offer grown adults the best bargains on earth. I'm well, I'm doing way less than what the options are in terms of uh, consumerism and it's still a sickening amount. I'd also guess that your kids are exposed to way less than the average amount of uh, commercial messages. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, once you start school, that's kind of over. Right, right. Um, you, you, all the other little boys in class are ranting about the Hatchimal or whatever. Yeah. It becomes like a fever in you, Yeah, which is an interesting anthropological thing. I wonder if there's some dry, unreadable paper out there I could look at. And well, One of my favorite things that I remember from growing up was my mom. She actually sat me down, and we would analyze commercials, and she would say, you know, why why are they showing these kids having fun playing this thing? Why And, and kind of explain it to me. I, I think that was invaluable to me. Growing up and realizing, oh, they're they, they, even though they're both on the TV, the commercials aren't the news. As a kid, it's easy to oh, think yeah. that everything that oh, comes yeah. out of the TV is is gospel. Well, I've certainly tried to point out because I've had a, a number of occasions where they get some toy and it's just not as fun as it looked on television. Yeah, and how that is often the case, if not practically always the case, and uh, it's just something to remember when you're pining for something. You know, that's funny you should bring that up, Sean. I happen to, I was watching the, the cable news as I do, and it makes me miserable. Um, but they, uh, they were talking about, um, the, uh, the Obamacare and the rising premiums that are skyrocketing again this year. But, um, everybody on the Obamacare website where you go to sign up is beaming. They are overjoyed. Like their closest childhood friend just showed up and said, 
I was thinking of you, so I wanted to say, what? I mean, everybody's got that expression on their face to sign up for freaking insurance. So, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and uh, what is the granddaddy of them all? Indian casino billboards, where all the sexy young people are having the best time they have ever had, bar none. It's never an old woman with an oxygen tank and a cigarette just dried to her lips. Chain smoking and pulling the one-armed bandit. With a very grim look on her face. No, it's happy, young, really hot people. Heads thrown back in laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Some of those old gals, man, I'll walk through there, and they they got both feet in the grave. (laughs) (laughs) And one hand on the slot machine, and it's just about to pay off. And if it did, what are you going to do there, Grandma? What are you going to do? You're going to play some more, probably, aren't you? Sad is what it is. I didn't even get to talk about... sad on the billboard. I didn't get to talk about Arby's resurgence. Maybe another time. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.